0: Like Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 30, part of... of our special live from rock and robinson series this is a companion episode to episode 29 and these last two episodes are a bit of a departure from our normal format this one features two artists cat ridgeway and berto i had the honor of serving as master of ceremonies for the rock and robinson festival right here in my backyard in orlando florida's milk district the milk district so named for its iconic T.G. Lee milk processing plant is where i've lived worked and played for the most. Most of the last five plus years. It's my adopted home and I am so thrilled to have been a part of such a wonderful festival. The street was blocked off, Sweetwater Brewing contributed as the main sponsor, some of my favorite Orlando businesses were involved including the Plaza Live where I recorded episode 27 with Erica Winterstrom and the Marinade had a tent set up on Robinson Street within earshot of acts like Marinade alum Luke Wagner and his band, The 441, uh, Spam All Stars and Savants of Soul from episode 29, and Thomas Wynn and the Believers. This was our most ambitious project to date. Uh, I would talk to an artist, chat with fans, introduce the next band, um, go up on the Sweetwater main stage, and repeat. And the experience was an absolute blast. If you're new to the show, this isn't a huge departure from the norm. Uh, we still discuss the creative process with creative guests, but this and episode 29 are not exactly classic marinade. So if you're new um, and you want to get a different, more, excuse me, a more representative feel for the show, then episode 28 with Sarah Shook is a good place to start. Really, you can start anywhere, but that's one I'd recommend. Today you will hear my conversations with Kat Ridgway of Cat Ridgway and the Tourists and bare toe more on the latter after my talk with Kat. Um, Ridgway's love of music and zest for life is the best kind of infectious. She can sing, she can play, she can write. She's an incredible performer and she's also a wildly interesting person. You can follow all things Cat Ridgway at catridgeway.com. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kat Ridgway.
1: Into them, that'll probably be best. It's very official. <laughs> I think it might be off.
3: You're right now. You sound better. there. We are, <laughs> we have arrived.
1: Kat, thank you so much. Cheers to you, man. You've been hustling today, right?
3: Yes, sir. <laughs> so, you
1: play, but you hustle all the time, and we'll get to that. But you played this morning at Sanford. Yeah. And then now you're here. You got like a 10 o'clock, 10.30 set, something like yeah, that tonight. Yeah, 10.30. Mm-hmm. Awesome. How you feeling?
3: I, I feel pretty good, actually. I went yeah. home and I took a nap, which, which is why I got here later than I thought I was going I'm to. I'm so jealous of you. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, But, you know, not all heroes wear capes. Thank you, Dad, for driving me <laughs> <laughs> from the first show to my bed.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, having that support system is so huge in any creative endeavor. And if you're trying to do your thing, you know, if you if without my partner, Chris, I don't know how I would do half the things I do. She and I were talking earlier just about the, the support that you need, especially because you're putting yourself out there so much. When you're singing, yeah, there's a lot of you coming out.
3: There's, yeah, it's it's a lot. And honestly, like I owe my parents so much and I don't, mm. I feel like I don't give them enough credit. Like. Right outwardly but i mean i'm i'm living at home so all the money i make i'm able to shove like shove back toward recording or getting new merch made or getting a cool thing to put up behind us on stage that says our name or yeah. you know all that kind of stuff where it's like if i was having to pay rent and all my utilities and blah 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 blah. Right now, I don't I don't think I'd be able to do everything I've been able to do in the last year. Um, and I am totally aware of how lucky I am to be yeah. in that position right now. Right. They're giving me like three years to get my f- to get off the ground with this thing, and hopefully okay. we're we're gonna make that happen. Um, so far, so great though. I've been yeah. having a great time.
1: Well, if ta- I mean if talent and work are are any indicator of success, then you've got a heck of a future ahead of you. Thank you so much. I love seeing you play, you and all 75 of your band members.
3: (laughs) Yeah, somebody once literally said to me, who do you think you are, Arcade Fire? (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I think we actually have more people than Arcade Fire did at at one point. When we had like a full horn section, I was like, oh my gosh, this is getting a little ridiculous, but it's awesome. And I just I have yeah. so many talented friends and I yeah, want them yeah. all to be along for the ride with everything. So it's like anytime I can bring people that I enjoy being around along with me for things. Right. I try to any any chance I get because it, it makes it more fun for everyone. You know, uh, yeah,
1: for sure. And, I, and y- the sound works and you, you guys fill it out and you make it happen. Yeah. But are you writing like when you think about a song, mm-hmm. do you write for that thought? Or what does your creative process look like? Are you thinking, man, I'm gonna be on stage playing this with, with 120 members, mm-hmm. or are you, thi- <laughs> <laughs> are you thinking, like, uh, okay, I'm gonna write the song and I've got the bare bones, and then we'll we'll arrange it later? Or what does that process look like?
3: It's it's a really song by song basis I find. Um, I I'm a, um, a really melody oriented songwriter where if I get something in my head in terms of like a melody line and that works well, and then I can hear a horn section with it, there's usually no turning back once I can hear a horn uh, section as a trumpet player myself.
1: Oh, um, okay.
3: And so that's usually where the shenanigans start. If, if a horn section happens, usually it can get a little crazy if we yeah. want it to. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've had some songs kind of flutter into my head where I hear, like, full orchestral arrangements, and then I'm like, well, we better get – one cellist and overdub it 80 times or, like, hire the Philharmonic Orchestra of Orlando or
1: whatever it is. <laughs> well, but they're pretty awesome, so you can Yeah, yeah. man. I w-
3: can you imagine how cool that would be? Hey, oh, man. Orlando Philharmonic, sponsor me. Well, once, yeah, for
1: real. One great sponsor of Rockin' Robinson, Orlando Philharmonic. I once saw, are you familiar with, with J.J. Gray and Mofro?
3: Actually, yeah. We're playing a show with them at the end of next month.
1: No way. Yes, That's sir. amazing. Oh, I love them, and so I've loved them for exciting. a long time. So The first time I saw J.J. Gray and Mofro, they were still just called Mofro.
3: Oh, my gosh. And
1: they played with the Jacksonville Symphony Orchestra. No way. That's the first time. I've seen them probably 20 times since. (sighs) I want to be them when I grow up. That's so cool. All all the members (laughs) of the symphony were wearing camo hats.
3: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh my god. It was amazing.
1: So hopefully that's some inspiration for you. Yeah. Maybe you can talk to JJ that about how that. That would actually be hilarious. what if fruition. we all just
3: showed up wearing camo hats, like our whole band and we just don't say anything. <laughs> and see if they
1: notice. <laughs> you just show up to the uh, the yeah. Orlando Philharmonic and you all have camo hats on and you're like, Anybody?
3: Oh my god. Anybody? Ring any bells?
1: <laughs> Blast from the past. Anybody? No. Who's no up no for it? Who's up right, for it? Yeah, yeah. And that's great. Um, that's when hilarious. You, when that comes to you, though, you said sometimes you just hear this whole orchestral orchestral yeah. arrangement. Mm-hmm. Do you do you find a pen and paper somewhere and write it down? Do you dictate it into a phone? Yeah. Do, or do you just <laughs> have that magical brain that <laughs> keeps uh, it there somewhere? Or my what? brain
3: is definitely far from magical. I forget eighty-five <laughs> percent of the things that go through it uh, if okay. I don't put it down. But uh-huh. um, I mean, yeah, my my phone. Hold on, I'll, I'll show you. Mm all cool. the voice memos in my phone. This is just since like, I think September or something, but I have like 128, uh, wow. I think I'm up to. Yeah,
1: Cat um, has more voice memos than band members.
3: <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, I know. But, yeah, it just goes on forever. And I mean, I, I periodically will just dump that onto my computer and actually, um, I'm working toward a new record right now. Awesome. And I'm so Tell excited. Tell me more. Um, but yeah, I went through like just archives and archives of old stuff and ideas like stuff like from my voice memos on my phone things that were on my old recording console like back from like middle school like stuff I hadn't thought about in years and um, I think I sifted through over if I remember right it was like 468 ideas or something like that and it took me like five hours and oh I didn't even goodness. listen to all of them, like, all the way through. I was like, geez.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
3: <laughs> a lot of them are horrible ideas, though. Let's be real. And it's, like, me woken up in the like in the middle of the night and just mumbling, like,
1: <sighs> Really? <sighs> so that does happen to you as well? Oh, I, I
3: dream songs probably, I don't know, probably every other night. Wow. Like, to be honest. Like, it's, it's just a thing that has happened since I was really little. And really? It, yeah. And it's funny because it was, like, when I was younger, I, I thought everybody did that because it happened to me so much. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I actually also have synesthesia, which is where your senses are kind of cross-wired in your brain. Uh, so when I hear music, I see colors, shapes, and textures in my head. Wow. And so like I remember very distinctly having this conversation with my cousin when I was like, I don't know, 12, and I was like, yeah, you know, the trumpets are red, and I just wanted to like add more red to the song. And he was like, wait, you do that too? And I was like, what do you mean? I do that too? Doesn't everybody do that? And he was like, No. And I was like, Whoa. And then I went down this rabbit hole of finding out what that was, realizing there was a name for it. Lord has it. Jay Z has it. Beyonce has it. Um, apparently, it's like it's really common in musicians, but it's like not a common thing in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just like, "Oh my God, how cool is that?" Like, That's I That's amazing. I didn't know that was like. I didn't know I was cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you
3: know? Yeah. Um, I'm still not. It <laughs> Doesn't really you're help my cool. case very much. Yeah, you're very
1: cool. <laughs> uh, regardless of of the fact that you see music in colors, but do you, when you you mention like these, sometimes you'll have an idea and some of them aren't that great. Mm-hmm. But um, we all say that, right? All creative types say stuff like yeah, that. yeah. How do you sift through that? Do you have a sounding board? You have. Do you take that to your band and go, hey, let's check out my idea and then they shoot it down? Or what does that look like?
3: Yeah, um, sometimes it's it's literally just trusting my my instinct of do I feel this melody is strong enough to like really be the backbone of a song? And if I really am not confident in it, then that means I'm not gonna love it when it's done, so it's not really worth chasing. Yeah. But then there are some songs where I'm like, could this be cool? Could this be something? What if I change this, that, or the other? And actually, the producer I've been working with recently, um, his name's Billy Chapin. Okay. He has been a absolute, he's a godsend. He's been an amazing sounding board where I came in with five different files like two weeks ago. One was like my indie rock stuff, one was like my Motown throwback stuff, another folder was like my folky songwriter, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and we, we went and sat through like some samplings of each of those folders of just different genres and different headspaces that I have been in as a writer and he was just really instrumental in this next project and kind of getting me to figure out what I do best and where I'm comfortable as a performer and yeah. as an artist and going back to a question you had earlier where you're saying when I'm writing do I picture like a crowd reaction
1: mm-hmm.
3: sometimes not usually yeah. but that is something I've been trying to be more mindful of on this next project just because um, I'm a giant Foo Fighters fan, uh. and I watched this documentary a while back, and Dave Grohl was talking about how he wrote the song Enough Space, which, have you heard that song?
1: Uh, I don't know if I'm familiar with it's it. It's
3: a banger. It goes uh. like, banana, uh. da-na-na, bah, <laughs> and it's like, the chorus is literally never seems to be enough space <laughs> and he like just goes ham right yeah, yeah but in this documentary he's like i really wanted a song that was gonna be just a kick-ass opener for a live show yeah and he was like so i just started jumping up and down and i was like what's a comfortable tempo to just jump up and down right. up and down you know and and he was like and so I just started jumping and I was like, okay, well what can I jump and play on guitar at the same time comfortably? And he ended up writing that opening riff and that's how enough space got written.
2: And wow. I was like,
3: oh my God, that has never been a thought I've ever had. Like, yeah. ch- like thinking of the reaction before I even finished writing the song. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, I really should try that sometime. And since then I, I have, um, I did exactly the same thing. I was like, all right, well, like, let's try that tempo. And um, I, it, it's crazy how how well it works too. Because That's it's so like wonderful. In the live show, how fun is that? Just yeah. like a,
1: discovering a whole new way to create yeah. a whole new idea, a whole new it's, thought. It
3: was really neat. Man,
1: <laughs> that is so cool. How? What is? You you mentioned indie rock and soul and folk and all these different things, and you yeah. hear that in your in your music. And I was listening to some mm-hmm. of it earlier, and they're really. There's one song is like a very indie sounding tune, and then one is very yeah. soulful, and then so on the next record as you're putting it together, is it gonna jump around like that? Are you going for a common thread? Like what is that gonna sound like?
3: Yeah, so <clears throat> the the first EP that I released is the Passenger CDP. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a, just a weird happenstance thing. I ended up meeting my writing, my writing partner, Ben Cooper, up in um, Nashville and we finished some songs and I had some songs I was excited about and we never really set out to have a project. Like, we just ended up with this grouping of songs because we were interested in the writing process. Uh-huh. But then when we had this grouping of songs, we were like, well, what do we do with them? Well, I yeah. guess we should record them. That makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. So we went in, and for me, that was more of a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that was more of kind of a an exploration of songwriting to me and genre, and just kind of like a, hey, here's, the versatility that I'm able to um, to have as a songwriter so that was kind of cool but with this next project that's actually something I don't want to do again Uh. I really want to have it be a cohesive um, thematic sound where like you know not necessarily a concept record but where everything fits together mm. in in that same kind of way, you Similar know? Similar
1: colors, so to speak? Yeah,
3: actually, that that is a really big driving force for me. Interesting. Um, so far, this record is very blue and very, like, purple-red, like, with the horn section stuff. Okay. Um, horns, a lot of the time, are purple and red to me, but there's huh. a lot of this blue and this kind of, like, um, washy, indie-rocky, like, background stuff. So, like, cool. the, the record that we're kind of using as our flagship, like, go back to this sound when Mm. we get lost is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse, which is Uh, a masterpiece of a record. Um, So kind of my vision for the record is to have that kind of old school vibe, but with a twinge more of indie rock injected into it because that's just what that's what I love. Yeah, that's what I grew up on. Sure. So one of the songs, there's a time change between 7-8 eight and 8-8, eight, eight, then it goes back and forth, but it's like it's gonna have kind of a Motown feel up until that point, which is like <laughs> it sounds like it's gonna be like a, a really weird, disjointed thing, yeah, but I yeah, promise yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds
1: schizophrenic, but it's gonna be fine. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so stoked. I mean, any timeline for that or is it?
3: I am really hoping to have things wrapped up and ready to go by, like, June, July. Okay. But you just never know how long stuff is going to take because we may end up down a rabbit hole and totally, like, reinventing the sound when we get three songs in. You you, you just kind of never know, like, where the creative spirit's going to take sure. you with that kind of stuff. And then aside from actually making the record, there's... You know, getting a promotional plan in place. Sure. There's getting art done. There's getting the CDs actually physically printed and yeah. shipped to you, and right. planning a release show, and blah 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 blah. And it's so the list many, goes on and so on. So
1: much stuff wrapped up in all of that.
3: It is a lot of work. And,
1: and in that part, you know, because you wish you could just like create, you know, and and just. Just let it happen, but unfortunately, there's all this other stuff too, which is, I mean, which is fine. Yeah. You know, but um, it's definitely
3: cool, and it, yeah. and it keeps me on my toes. And
1: yeah,
3: uh, I went to UCF and actually studied advertising, public relations. Oh um, wow! With, with that kind of stuff in mind. Perfect. Um, and I have to say that was a really, really good move. Yeah. In hindsight. Um, everyone thinks I, I studied music or should have studied music, and uh, I'm, I'm just now starting to, to learn music theory. Like, I have no idea what anything is right now. Right. I'm a baby. But it's cool because I feel like like such a sense of wonderment writing songs still. That's
1: wonderful. Yeah. That is so great. <laughs> and, Kat, thank you so much for this time. I'm so stoked to see your set later. Thank you so and much. I so greatly appreciate it.
3: Well, man, I appreciate <laughs> you and what you do. It's really oh, awesome you. for people to like recognize what's going on in our own communities and, yeah. and shine a light on it so thank you Thanks. for what you do that's super cool
1: i appreciate it yeah i mean i feel like we we're, we're fortunate that we have plenty of kind of national touring acts and then i've got a lot of amazing local guests too you know and then this this thing we've had five different people so far today you know different that's bands so awesome. from different places some of them here some of them you know I mean, Spam All-Stars from Miami and so Savant cool? Soul from Gainesville, all these incredible bands. So oh, yeah. It's a pretty exciting day. Oh, yeah. That's I'm awesome. I'm so glad you're here and you're a part of it. Thank you, Kat. Oh,
3: yeah. Thank you. Glad to be. Awesome.
1: That was perfect. Thank you. Very yeah. yeah that's awesome. no, thank, thank
3: you, you very much. Check it out. Yeah,
2: check it out, man. Fisco calling out my name, calling out my name. I know what she wants from me, but I can't give this thing till I forget, forget
1: her
0: name. Kat Ridgeway, y'all. I am looking forward to seeing where Kat's career takes her. She is so dynamic on stage and in person. The songs are good, and so is the person. Um, Just such a good time talking to her. Thank you, Kat. Y'all can check her music out at catridgeway.com, or you can find it wherever you purchase or stream music. Um, We also had a really cool moment where I got to grab somebody that I've been a fan of for a while. He goes by the name Berto, uh, B-E-A-R-T-O-E. And anytime he's around, I try not to miss him. He's got this bluesy, funky, soulful sound. And whenever he plays near me, I make sure I make it to a Beartoe show. I gush about how I got into his music at the beginning of the conversation. So I'll let that speak for itself. Uh, but the song you hear playing right now is called Fish Crow. It's one of his songs from an older album. And he talks a little bit about what is coming up for him as well. Uh, and then that song that you heard from Cats is called Whiskey Lullabies. So that is her new single, Whiskey Lullabies by Kat Ridgeway. This song is Fish Crow by Beartoe. Really cool to get a chance to finally catch up with Bearto. Ladies and gentlemen, Bearto.
1: um it's best if you just just hold it um okay if that's cool
2: yeah don't
1: worry awesome man thanks berto yeah this is cool this is great welcome to the marinade man we're here at rockin robinson and um you know I, like i just told you a second ago off mic this has been something i've wanted to do for a while i keep meaning to reach out because I saw you play Swanee in the music hall, Uh and um, you had a full band and I've seen you play solo as well. And so I kind of want to ask you about that too, the difference in that process, Mm -hmm. but you play with a full band and you absolutely, I mean, you were the talk of the festival. It was like, it was so, there's always, you know, Swanee, there's always like somebody that you may not be, that may not be the biggest name on the marquee at that moment, but that like everybody walks away talking about, you, you were that. That oh, time, man. I didn't know
2: that, but it's, it's it's a special place. It's one of my favorite places.
1: And it's so so great. Yeah. Um, what is your what is your process like? I mean, you you've got um, you got at least one record that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your writing process look like? Um, do you sit down and write every day? Do you?
2: You know, um, you know. Lately, the past couple years, I I do this full time. I mm-hmm. teach, and I, I do mostly I perform. Uh-huh. And I think performance has become. Um, the center of everything for me. I still write, yeah. Um, um, but as far as my writing process goes, in the past couple of years, I've just kind of let it uh, happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I um, I just feel like, you know, you you, li- you live life and you let the songs come through, and I don't put mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on like the, um, making content, but I, d- I do write content. I really also believe that when you write a song, uh, playing it out with uh, playing it out live changes the song as well. Mm. So I'm always introducing new ideas when I play out and those songs develop and, and then I eventually record them. I'm getting ready to, re- to release an album actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I'm pretty close to releasing two songs um, and then the full album will come after that. I got Roosevelt Collier uh, I believe playing on one of my songs. Oh, wow. Yeah, Matt Lapham played bass. Um, my buddy Billy Dean played drums. He's in Victor Wainwright. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, it's it's I'm really excited about it. It's good to have New material. That album that I have, um, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's it's kind of old. I, I I'm proud of it, but it's yeah. uh, my 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 styles changed a lot since then. Sure. So I'm excited to get some new stuff out. You know? That's
1: exciting. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we all do that, right? We do we create something and then years pass, yeah. and we're proud of it, but at the same time,
2: it's time for a new chapter. Yeah, you evolve, and yeah. you know,
1: you want to do the different. So, is it stylistically a different record? This new <laughs> Absolutely. one? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Uh, my my style on guitars changed. I, I use a thumb pick, so I do a lot of that. Um, but also, just uh, I've I've gone more into blues and soul, you know, which is is really where my heart is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a kind of a new chapter of music. And
1: seems like your set at folk. Yeah, was pretty blues heavy.
2: Yeah, um, it, it it was. Uh, folk yeah was cool. When I play solo, I uh, you know it's. I don't really write, write set lists, I kind of just mm. pull from what I've been doing for the three hour gigs and I pull what I want to play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it, was, it was great because original music is, is really, it's really great to play a place where original music is wanted. Uh-huh. You know? So you play a lot of places that like bars and, and you can do whatever you want but when people really want to hear original stuff it changes yeah. the set so that was really fun for me. You know?
1: That's great, man. And I think this town uh, here in Orlando really does, I think, at least, now I'm not in the middle of it, I'm not the one trying to you know, play in front of audiences, but it does seem like people do truly appreciate original music and they want to hear your stuff. I don't know if that's been your experience, but I think that, and I
2: know as a consumer I do. Sure, you man. know? I mean, I, I find it more in, in, in actual cities. Mm-hmm. There's a hunger for art and, and music, whereas I live, I live in New Smyrna Beach, so... You know, it's more about you know entertainment value. And there's mm-hmm. a there's a there's a balance there. You know, I still play my original stuff, but um, definitely like as a performer, you're in tune to the listener. Mm-hmm. And when people want to hear uh, what's on your actual heart and your actual songs, it it really makes a difference. Man, it's it's, yeah. it's good. It's good. It's good to have that.
1: Right. What are you? Um, we only got a few minutes, and I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, I do want to know. Like, I'm curious about what. You're consuming, like I'm Um, always interested in what artists are consuming, what music, what books,
2: what films, whatever. Lately, um, I've been listening to a lot of Sam Cooke and Solomon Burke. Okay. Uh And Uh Solomon Burke actually coined the term soul music. Wow. That fascinates me. He and he's probably one of the most uh, underrated soul singers of all time. And yeah. um, So I've been digging. Really, that's what I've been digging lately. Yeah. Well, I'm the kind of guy who. Um, when I find something I like, I just like, dig deep into that artist. Yeah. And I just, I don't stop. Uh-huh. You know, And uh-huh. I, don't, I don't really change it up too much. I, I kind of dig deep into something right. that's been really hitting me. So uh, that'll definitely have an influence on future songs, too. You know?
1: Right. That's great, man. Uh, cool. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing the new album. That's really exciting, man. Berto, thank you so Thanks much. Jason. Dude. This is such a pleasure. I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. That was yeah, no perfect. problem. Berto
0: y'all, Berto, Cat Ridgeway, Andrew Yeomans, and the Savants of Soul. We also caught up with our good friend Jordan Foley and the Woolly Bushman. There's so much more content. Um, I don't have enough for a whole full episode, but I am going to release something over on MarinadePodcast.com. We have website-exclusive episodes over there where you can check out some things that don't make sense as a feature episode but that that nonetheless deserve to see the light of day. Check out MarinadePodcast.com also if you want to get a marinade shirt or a hat or um, anything else over there that you want to check out, including my writing And my photography, I just recently uh, released a story about how I, for the first time, got up and played guitar and sang my songs. And it's just, it's been such an amazing experience for me. I've now done it five times since this happened, like a month ago. Um, And it just continues to bear fruit for me creatively and fires me up to do more writing and to create more uh, for the marinade and to take more photos. uh, It's just really, really fun um, what's happening right now creatively with the show and with me personally. So check that out if you're interested. We'll return to our regularly scheduled programming with a monster episode 31. Joe Kwan of the Avid Brothers is my guest, y'all. I cannot wait. We also have conversations with Graham Sharp of Steep Canyon Rangers, Abby Owens, both of those live from Swanee, and then our good friend John Snodgrass, who was a part of the silliest episode to date, recorded another silly episode with me, and it was just super fun. Um, So I can't wait for y'all to hear that. That's coming up very soon as well. Just stay tuned. Make sure you go ahead and click subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. It helps us out a lot too, and give us a rating if you like what we're doing. That goes a long way and is totally free for you. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you so much for all of your support. If you really like what we're doing and you want to dive a little bit deeper, consider going to patreon.com slash marinade podcast and become a Patreon patron where you can get a, a Patreon-exclusive show called Jason's Journey, um, get updates about who we're going to be interviewing, and um, in the future, uh, you can also get a chance to the first crack at, at uh, purchasing new swag or, or getting you know, new stickers, that kind of thing for the show. Um, so if you like what we're doing, it really makes a huge difference for us. Every little bit helps. And we really appreciate that support as well. Y'all, this is normally the time for our What I'm Getting Down On segment where I talk about the books, the music, the films, the podcast, whatever is inspiring me at the moment. And that segment will return on episode 31 with Joe Kwan. I got a lot of stuff going on um, right now and things that I'm reading and consuming that are really exciting for me so stay tuned for that in episode 31 with Joe Kwan of the Aver brothers once again thank you to everybody involved with Rock and Robinson for having me thank you to the Milk District Events Committee and all the work they did to make all all of this happen thank you so much to Kat thank you Barito thank you so much Andrew Yeomanson um, and everybody with Spam All Stars thank you so much to the Savants of Soul just really appreciate everything y'all Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.